Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Want more control over your life? You need more control over your money. Hi, I'm Jean Chatsky, and that's why I started the Her Money Podcast. From understanding your money personality to taking steps to earn more, spend wisely, invest for tomorrow, and protect it all, I can help you get there. So join me. Subscribe to Her Money with Jean Chatsky wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to the show. This is Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing Considerations in Healing Post-Abuse Part 2. Hello, y'all. I hope you are feeling fine. If you didn't catch part one, I encourage you to stop here. Go listen to part one, Considerations in Healing Post-Abuse. That was the episode released October 16th, 2022. And that'll help you jump right in to this episode. Light and love, y'all. Childhood abuse survivors, we tend to feel behind and less than because of the abuse. It costs energy and time and money, and time is money, to heal. We go through iterations of having to leave friend groups because not all friend groups support our wellness or our goals. So we feel behind in growing friendship and chosen family groups. If part of the consequence of abuse is creating codependent people-pleasing, And we formed bonds as the pleaser. And we start growing, changing, evolving, learning how to come from a place of more self-worth. We frankly start to require more reciprocity in our relationships, more lifting each other up. And we won't allow any pulling each other down. So often as we're recovering, we also are dealing with the realizations that we have to leave our friend groups or have some very strong boundaries With family members, we lose people and we grieve. And all of this is happening while we are also tasked with building more support. Trying to find a right fit therapist is hard emotionally. It's risky. And when we're doing that, we're not hanging out with our friends. We're not investing in a hobby. It really is as if for a time, our hobby may become self-development. Because we can't put more than 24 hours in our day. And sometimes we're really mad at that. It's hard to find the right fit therapist. It's part of why I started the show. It's risky. It costs money. Time. And this show is not a replacement for therapy. But I hope it gives you insights to help you find the strength and courage 
to find the right fit therapist for you, to find the right fit healer. Sometimes one of the struggles is that everyone is so busy. It can be logistically hard, even if you find the right fit person that you want to work with. I have a long waiting list. I can't help every single person out there that wants to work with me. It's part of why I brought Crystal onto the team. The most I can do with this dynamic is acknowledge it and validate it. I can let you know that it is not fair that someone else abused you and you have to pay for treatment to get yourself right. It's not fair that the abuse opened you up to other unsavory or unhealthy situations and normalized abusive behavior from others. It's not right or fair that what might have been normalized for you was objectification and so much more. What happened to you is not your fault. And yet building your life up is your responsibility now. And if you don't, you're giving too much power to that original abuser to continue to control the trajectory of your life. Please don't waste time resisting attempts at help. You need it. You deserve it. And when you fight this reality, you just prolong your healing. I want you to feel lighter and healed, worthy, more peaceful and joyful as soon as possible. And I hope you make the decision not to fight your own healing and just radically accept and embrace it so you can move through faster. For incest, it can be like a family bomb. Each family handles it differently, and it's hard to predict how families will react. I've seen throughout my career every iteration of family response. I've been delighted to see how many families show up with willingness to support the abused, and engage proper consequences and boundaries for the familial abuser. Sometimes other family victims come out. I've equally seen some families shame the victim, displace their anger at the abuser onto the victim, as that is part of the family dynamic to blame and not take proper responsibility. This was certainly my story. And it was genuinely in the top three hardest things I've ever lived through. To hear messages of why did you come out with this? Why did you make this public? You hurt your family by doing this and going to the police. My dad happened to be a television engineer working for one television station almost 25 years. So at the time, all the television stations picked up the story. And the television station he worked for ran the longest story on him. That wasn't my doing or my fault. It's just what happened and shook out. And yet that blame was put on me. It is quite the experience to be kicked while you're down at your lowest. And by the people that, in theory, are supposed to be there to help you the most, to lift you up, not kick you down. Many families can and do repair. Many families experience a permanent rift like mine. And that's part of the scariness about addressing this, because it is absolutely a wild card. It's been about 19 years since I let the secret of incest out. And I won't say it's permanent, because forever is too much to predict. But as of right now, there is no reparation. There is no reparative energy available. And I've grieved, because that is about all we can do with that dynamic is to grieve and then to accept 
And while we're in that grief, it never ever feels like acceptance is even possible. I'm proof that it is. I am genuinely at peace. And if this ever changes between me and my family members, now it'll be some kind of unexpected surprise. Instead of keeping it an open wound of hoping and hoping and hoping. Childhood sexual abuse creates shame. Guilt is about I did something wrong and therefore my moral compass is telling me to lean into correction. But shame is about feeling a guilt about who we are, about being alive, about existing. Shame is not about a thing we did. It's about who we are. Abuse creates shame just because it happened. It makes us feel like a neon sign was flashing over our heads saying, hey, perfect victim over here. Out of all the people, I was chosen. What a shit lottery. Something about me must be majorly messed up to bring this into my life. Shame can go even deeper and play with our heads. Because some sexual abuse is not violent. Some is soft. And it can feel good to the body. Sometimes an abuser even prides themselves with trying to make the child's body feel good. In my story, my abuser was the kind, soft place to fall parent. And that wreaked havoc on me. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard me say a lot that trauma flip-flops things. It twists things up that just shouldn't be twisted. And healing has a lot to do with untwisting, with flip-flopping things back to goodness from harm. My dad would tuck me in at night in all the ways a child who lost her biological father craves. He gave me attention. He'd do what he called arm rubbies, totally appropriate touch, kind touch. If it hadn't been part of the grooming process, it would have been just lovely. It's a shameful process to ponder what was real versus what was grooming. Some days on the journey for incest survivors, this brings anger and reflection that sounds like it was all to abuse me. None of it was real. And other times it was real. He just couldn't stop his compulsion and went further. This takes a lot of energy to move through. As we heal and move through it, most get to the place of, I want to be able to have some good nurturing memories. And for me in my story, since I have none of my mother nurturing me or rubbing me in a loving way. I finally got to a place where I could accept that his interest in me, his love and his care, some of it was genuine and some of it was not. That's that middle ground between the poles that brings us peace, that helps us root and ground in the middle instead of swinging wildly into those opposite polarities. As a grown young woman, I would cringe at soft touch because it was similar to how my abuser touched me. So soft was confusing. Soft was repulsive. And then I'd feel shameful about that. As a young adolescent and woman, I preferred men who weren't soft because of this. And I didn't know how to receive soft, appropriate touch, so I'd push it away, bucket. Some sexual abuse 
feels good to the body because our bodies are built to feel good with sexual touch. And this is quite the twist to learn to unravel. I have and I continue to invite and allow appropriate soft touch in lots of ways. From my sweet, kind husband, from massage therapists, my trusted chiropractor, my friends, my husband's friends that I hug, the sweet children that are in my life. Every interaction is an opportunity to show my inner child that touch is okay. The older I get, the deeper into healing, the less this is something that I have to consciously do or process because that's how healing works. The more we practice something, it starts to become who we are. And now who I am is someone who can receive soft touch because I leaned in when it was uncomfortable, when I realized that that was something that I deserved, something that I wanted. And something that I was unwilling to go the whole rest of my life without. Healing integrates and we can flip flop back the bulk of the trauma. And I promise you, we don't have to untwist it all to get the clearing and the ease we crave and deserve. But we do have to lean in and untwist a good chunk of it. We do. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, We need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. No matter what has happened to you, you can heal. If you are in the position to support someone else, hold space for the survivor in your life. By assuring them and yourself that healing is available, it's possible. And if you commit to healing and just keep figuring things out as you go without pressure, no desperation, one moment at a time, letting in new information and then another layer of new information and then another layer of new information, the human condition is amazing and recovery is definitely, definitely possible. In my healing journey, Oprah and Maya Angelou were the two women that I knew had survived childhood sexual abuse and gone on to create amazing lives. I've been forever grateful to them. But the truth is, I also used their celebrity to create a story that they were probably different than I was, so that their way of healing was probably out of reach Because they had some kind of magic that I didn't possess. That's where the shame comes in and whispers stories that don't really help us. But I also was able to hold on to their examples in the world and some of my darkest moments of pain. Part of why I do this show is because I hope that I'm offering a very human and accessible experience. I convinced myself that they were stars. They were celebrities. That's some kind of extra special life that I couldn't possibly comprehend. So unlike my own life. And that's not fair, not to me or to them. They did their work just like I've done my work. And you can do your work. 
This is part of why when I'm in the Patreon and I'm doing those live streams or in any, any course that I teach, I allow and encourage anyone to ask me absolutely anything about my life experience, even about my body. All the taboo things that we're taught are rude or intrusive to ask another human being. Because these are the real questions that some of us have and don't really know how to articulate or ask, or if our shame is heavy and deep, won't give ourselves permission to ask. I've done enough work on myself to be truly comfortable being my emotional and real self, and I am honored and grateful when y'all ask me those questions. I know the risk that it is to ask that. And like I said, you are brave and you are strong. If only you allow yourself to believe that. The next live stream Q&A is on focus and attention. And at first glance, that sounds like it should have nothing to do with any kind of trauma. And typically, mental health as a field doesn't really connect these dots of focus and trauma. But of course, they're related. How the hell do you grow up like this and have a healthy focus when you have all of this in your body and in your head? So if you have questions about trauma and focus, this is the place to be. Healing is a journey of opening to new ways of thinking and being, not once, not twice, over and over and over and over and over again. And I hope that the work that I'm putting out into the world helps you see and believe in and trust the power of your resiliency. And no, I don't have to meet you one-on-one to know for sure that you can heal that you are resilient, decide you are resilient and you are. This is the power in the human condition. This is the power in our spiritual connection. Spiritual connection gives us a rootedness. And when we work on both our spiritual connection and our human psychology, we feel stronger. We feel more integrated. And we amplify our healing, our peace, and our worthiness. If you are into what I'm offering, this type of growth-minded, grounded, healing information, I want to invite you to Patreon. Now, way back when, we're getting closer and closer to our five-year show anniversary, but way back when, when I was really considering what I wanted to do with my career, how I wanted to connect with more people, I decided that I wanted to be this type of content creator because I recognize as a clinical counselor and now a life coach that the work that we do, those of us that are growth-minded, because there definitely are so many people that are not. They're living their lives and they don't seem to value this type of betterment and want to dive in and really grow themselves, learn how to make this complex, sometimes chaotic life feel as positive and flowy and as easy Really, we deserve ease, especially if we had a hard childhood. For those of us that value that, I find that we need to listen to these concepts over and over and over again. So this type of content, very different than me running a therapy group or a support group or even having individual counseling sessions with people. Being able to marinate in these healing concepts is really what rewires our brains, reprograms, gets this information from our conscious learning selves into our subconscious. And when changes impact us at the level of the subconscious, that's when we've changed who we are. 
So if you've never checked out Patreon, maybe monthly subscription things just aren't your thing and you've never come to check out what we have for you at Patreon. If you are healing, if you are someone who goes to therapy every week, if you are wanting this stuff to go from head knowledge because you know a lot, but you're struggling to feel the release, the peace, the ease in your body from that information, from that knowing, then what I have to offer for you is Patreon. It's a place where you can come when you have time, when you have space, maybe when something hard happens in life to really dive in, to go on walks, to be able to stick some headphones in your ear and just marinate in the healing concepts, the letting go, the positive self-talk, combating that critical voice and perfectionism, learning the good enough in all things instead of the not good enough that adds stress and tension. If you join Patreon right now at the $10 level, you immediately get access to over 75 hours of exclusive content not available anywhere else, not on this iTunes feed, not on the website, only in Patreon. We have more than 55 exclusive episodes and hours and hours and hours of live stream Q&As on specific topics like codependency, like sociopathy in the family, food is mood. The more that we marinate in these concepts, the more our bodies feel the release of the information. We are such a heady culture that it's important to me to help guide people into how this information in this information age we're living through can actually become heart knowledge, body knowledge, because that's when we feel the peace that so many of us are yearning for and are working so hard to have. We deserve it, especially if your childhood was rough or tension-filled. So to learn more and to become part of our Patreon, come to patreon.com backslash emotional badass. One of the things that we do is we give 10 full percent forward. We have a Patreon pay it forward program. Most recently, we donated $2,300 to Raising Men and Women Lawn Care Service, a fantastic organization that we are very proud to support. And we can only do that together as a group. We also give you a shout out right here on the big public show. So I want to thank these Patreon producers of the show. We really cannot do it without your support. And we so appreciate the circle of support of y'all supporting us, us supporting you and all of us together supporting this show getting out all over the world. Thank you, Patreon members. I want to thank Amanda, Kim, Harleen. What a great name. I don't think I've ever heard it before. Thank you, Harleen. Carrie. Amy, Genesis, Natalie with two E's. Thank you. Thank you. Jillian with a G, Jill with a J, and then Jean and Jessica. Thank you so very, very much. Light and love. And I hope to meet more of you in our next Patreon live stream. Our next live stream topic is triggers. Come ask anything, how to work with your triggers, your nervous system, how to reframe your triggers, everything triggers. Next live stream Q&A on Patreon. Wednesday, November 16th, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. All of the live streams are archived and available for replay whenever you want. So be there live or be there at your convenience. Submit any questions for our live stream at the $10 level. 
at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. And I'll see you right here next time. Bye-bye. find it hard to sleep at night then the sleep cove podcast can help you hi i'm christopher fitton the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind sleep cove sleep cove features sleep hypnosis meditations and bedtime stories all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep search for sleep cove on apple podcasts or spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.